Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Anime Boomer Podcast. This is episode number seven, coming right on the heels of episode number six. I know normally it takes us like half a month to actually get to the next episode, but Spooky had this wonderful idea, because it is the spooky season after all, that we would go and talk about some spooky, scary anime, video games, and all sorts of other assorted things that go bump in the night. Everybody knows who I am. I'm Gator, the guy that runs the show, the guy that presses the buttons, the guy that takes, like, a week to edit the podcast. The last one, it took, like, three weeks because it was literally four and a half hours <laughs> worth of stuff. It's just every episode, every episode with Cody. Love Cody. Cody's great. But for some reason, we just cannot stop talking on Cody episodes. <laughs> it, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing and a curse. But... <laughs> I've already mentioned Spooky, so let me go ahead and introduce my co-host, Spooky Weep Trash. How you doing, Spooky? Hi, this is the only time of the year calling yourself Spooky is inconvenience when people are trying to find you on Twitter. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I'm sure all of the trends are dominated by literally everything else. <laughs> Everyone has a spooky pun. Everyone's mm -hmm. copying your aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, I'm the person who decided to call myself Spooky first. All you guys are just a bunch of posers. <laughs> Bunch of bunch of imitators. Yeah, wannabe spookies. <laughs> Our guest for this episode is the YouTuber Mark After Dark. Some of you guys that watch our uh, the watch my show have come over from the other show, Killstream. Mark was on there. Last time I talked to Mark, it was during the Susie Lou copyright striking <laughs> fiasco. <laughs> Wait, there's lore to this? I didn't even know. Yeah, there, yeah. there is lore to this. Uh, Mark was, so was on the show talking about uh, how Susie Liu had, like, copyright struck his video. Yeah. For what? Yeah. Making fun of her? Yes, actually, That's yeah, funny. it wasn't, it, like, and she tried to claim that I was just re-uploading her material, and it was, like, so heavily edited, because, like, I, like, if, if I could sum up my content, it's, like, Let's plays that are like grossly over edited and uh, come out only once a year. Um, and uh, she she saw herself in my video, I guess. I was kind of making fun of her, but in like the most like loving sort of like tap on the head sort of way. And she didn't like that. So she copy striked the video and then chaos ensued. And then I think I, I think it all culminated in me being uh, in a in a call with tipster uh nicholas diorio and keemstar and not suzy lou but like her quote-unquote lawyer boyfriend <laughs> trying her to defend her boyfriend yeah weird. <laughs> yeah no and she was definitely there she was like literally in like like behind him like <laughs> whispering shit into his ears like she's walking the dog right now she can't be here for this um that was fun that was a fucking that was great but she gave me back uh she gave me back control over my video so that's all i fucking care about really that's all that really matters on youtube is like hey please don't strike me i i don't want to strike yeah just, it, just it, tell it, me just tell me to it, take the video down if you have yeah. to i don't i don't like compromising on like my 
vision for a video, even though they're just dumb, like funny, like video game edits and stuff. But like, if she had just been a human being and came to me and said, like, hey, I really didn't appreciate that appreciate that joke that actually really upset me would you like be so kind as to take it down and like with the youtube editor you can just remove sections of your video easily i would have absolutely done it but she had to be like such a fucking like weirdo about it that's fun that's one way of putting it yeah yeah one way that's the kindest way i can fucking (laughs) say yeah that's saga that's that was like a whole like month two months worth of drama I remember yeah. we covered it on that on uh, the kill stream. Like, I feel like it was a solid two months. There was something going on with with like her copyright striking another video, or her like her whole like getting kicked off of YouTube for a little while or whatever, yeah. and, and then trying to build her own website. Manga, or, or sorry, anime. Like just ba- like uh, re-uploading episodes of full episodes of like Bleach and Naruto, and then just kind of sitting there with her mouth agape, just breathing right. into the mic, like. <laughs> Like just watching. Uh, go. No. Yeah. Like, uh, who the fuck minutes. is watching this and masturbating to a fucking iris wound and mouth breathing to screaming in anime? That sounds the, like my fucking nightmare. <laughs> the amount of Sims that were running me down. It's like just leave her alone, you beast. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's like she fucked up my video. Like there was no aggression from me. Like what are you talking about? They're like just leave her alone. Queen Susie, I live for your anime watching with me. <laughs> it It's so sad. I guess it's like the closest thing they have to like a girlfriend figure watching anime with them. I wonder. It's so, <laughs> shitty shonen anime on top of it. Like, what the fuck? Oh, God. If you're going to be trash watching trash, like at least have a little bit of taste, I guess. I don't know. I yeah. guess maybe I'm asking too much. Of Get some people. culture, please. Yeah. yeah. At least watch Steinsgate. I mean, come on. Yeah. I watched Death Note with an actual corpse of a woman. That's so much high, more high tier than what they're doing. What? 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 <laughs> so we're talking about spooky things, right? Exactly. <laughs> Sweet. Yes, we are. I guess Susie Lou is, is fairly spooky, so. At least we're on the right wavelength. I, I don't they know say her forehead never that. ends. So I've had people tell me that I look like Susie Lou, and I just, oh, like, oh, no, that is the absolutely worst. not. But that is really funny that people yeah. would say that. Absolutely I, not, but that's funny. I guess because we both have like similar face shapes and like the red hair thing going on. I do have a pretty massive forehead. I will. I will. Yeah, but you that. don't have like a twelve head. No, I don't there think is so. No. Yeah. <laughs> I love it when I also look like a girl version of Turkey Tom, too. Oh, God, yeah, I've seen that. That's so funny. (laughs) Holy shit. Turkey Tanya. Teenage scene kid, Turkey Tom. (laughs) I thought Turkey Tom was a little teenage scene kid. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just dialed up. Uh huh. Just. Anyway, so scary stuff. So I didn't yes. know. I, I the first thing I asked Mark if he wanted to come in the anime podcast was like, "Do you do you like anime?" <laughs> I didn't know. But I asked him that. Yeah, and and then I responded with like some of it. <laughs> like I feel like I'm like the least candidate to be on this fucking podcast. But no, no. I mean, like I I love. I think this is perfect because I love spooky things and in, in anime. So. Like, I know we're going to talk about other stuff, too, but, uh, you know, I like, I'll, I'll, I'll love to dig, dig into this. Okay. What do you, what scary anime do you like watching, Marcus? 
Uh, like, actually, that's the crazy thing is like I'm, I was thinking about this last night, like scary anime itself. And it's like, um, <laughs> sorry, that, 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 my God, who is she? Oh, that's extra terrifying. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, like fuck. fucking doppelganger it was so weird i actually had to take a second glance at it i was like oh wait oh <laughs> wait a minute is that me and unironically i'd wear similar jackets to that band t-shirts Holy it just it was, it was a little bit striking when i first saw it i was like oh <laughs> it's like fucking enemy like the movie enemy irl you're just surfing twitter and you find like you <laughs> yeah it's um, it's literally me <laughs> i guess i did go to vidcon after all <laughs> you're there in spirit uh, um I, like think thinking about like scary anime i i actually can't recall a whole lot of like really actually like scary anime that i've watched there was one show but like for the life of me, I can't fucking pronounce it. I don't even know what the English translation of it. All I can do is describe it, which sucks. I, I'm sorry. But like I was even trying to look it up. But it's um a series of short stories. In fact, I think every episode is only just like five minutes in length or something. They're super Are you about Japanese folklore stories where it's like yeah. scary modern day. Yeah. Yeah. Funny and, and how the... you just described that and I was like, yeah, I know what this is. <laughs> yeah, because uh I think the the premise to the show or the kind of like intro is a guy comes up in a wagon and like rings a bell and a bunch of kids come running and he's like, ooh, I'm gonna tell you some like scary stories. Apparently this is something that they do in Japan. Although I don't know if it's they the guy necessarily tells them spooky stories, but there's like it's almost like the ice cream man, but like they're selling something and that's the premise. And then it like leads you into the story. And there's apparently several seasons of the show. Um, only season one is good, but man, is it fucking good? Like, uh, I think the final episode to season one, like genuinely made me jump. There's like the fucking best, like it is a jump scare, but it is so earned. Um, it's a really great show. I wish I knew what the fucking name was, but it's like, it, it's so hard to describe. I think it was releasing in like 2016 or something, mm. but I can't think of any other really like horror anime other than like, you know, horrifying things happen in like, like Gantz and shit or um, <laughs> like, uh, I feel like there's horror elements in a lot of anime, but I, I couldn't really think of like just a straight horror anime it's more yeah. like they, they yeah. tend to blend together like a great example is when you look at any list of horror or like supernatural whatever anime one of the ones that always pops up on the list even though it doesn't feel like it should belong is jojo's bizarre adventure because Ooh. it does have vampires it does have blood and gore it is kind of a horror genre thing yeah, they're. <laughs> but you know, I never thought of it that way because it's a shonen. Mm -hmm. They kind of forget about vampires when uh, Jotaro's introduced, but you know. Well, they replace whatever. the vampires with punch ghosts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, spooky punch ghosts. Yeah. And then they, there's like the one season where they just have the straight up like the alleyway that like takes your soul. Oh, yeah. Uh, Diamond is unbreakable. 
Yeah, it's like in that whole thing with like the little girl and the dead dog and stuff like that entire fucking section is just like it feels so I would say it almost feels out of place, but like nothing's out of place in Jojo. It's like because it's supposed to be out of place, but makes sense at the same time. Yeah, it feels like such a genre shift, but that's Jojo, I guess. <laughs> it's just constantly sw like switching genres. We went mm -hmm. from like spooky murder mystery, you know, and like yeah. ghosts to I'm going to be the Hokai, I mean, mob boss. <laughs> Believe it. <laughs> oh, fuck. Exactly. I can imagine Jotaro. Or, uh, uh, Jorno. Oh, God, what's his name? Jorno, yeah. Um, running around saying believe it and fucking like arms behind his back running around and shit. How do you say believe it in Italian? <laughs> I think you oh, just I do the translate hands. Please. Believe it in Italian. Let's see. Credici. <laughs> credici, credici. he's running and by the way like his hands are behind his back like he's doing the naruto run but his like fingers are all pinched together and he's making pasta at the same time <laughs> oh no he eats pasta instead of ramen <laughs> oh god oh no <laughs> he's got a, he's got a bandana but it's got the ladybug on it instead oh god <laughs> He's just constantly wearing like a wife beater or like a fucking undershirt that's a so sweaty. <laughs> God. I and we just ruined cooler... part five for everyone. Yeah. Well, sorry. <laughs> one, one of the cooler things about um, JoJo in particular, and I guess they also did this with like the Final Fantasy 13, was like actually intertwine fashion, like actual fashion magazines and fashion uh, brands and had them wear. The actual yeah. fashion, and I was like, that was cool because a lot of JoJo's aesthetics is based on Italian, European fashion models. Oh yeah. So, oh, I, um, scary stuff. Um, oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. Um, I can't think of much uh, anime, and like, it's so hard to. I was gonna like try to dodge around Junji Ito a little bit because like he's so prominent, but there was the Junji Ito sort of what was it like well i guess there was like that series that tv show that was really bad but there was like that one-off about um it's like goro or whatever right. it's called the 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 fish the like machines that attach themselves to fish and like invade like earth and shit oh yeah was... yeah that one that one was also not very good if i recall no yeah um <laughs> so there's been that so there's been like attempts at making junji ito stuff but like you just can't fucking beat the the novelization they, like, the mm -hmm. manga is so good i know that they tried adapting spiral i i saw adult swim advertising it on twitter yes i don't know if that's out or not just yet uh, no, no it's uh, supposed to come out uh starting in 2022 by uh, production ig in coordination with tsunami i think uh, I'm a, I'm a little excited but i want to try and temper that because the animation that they showed so far looks like incredible but like, I don't know how it's going to translate. I believe in all these people that are working on this. But, like, you know, um, I don't know. It's it's like when uh, Denis Villeneuve, he's working on, he like, he did the sequel to Blade Runner. And he's doing Dune right now, which is out and shit. Um, and it's just, like, both those movies, I'm like, I, like, these are, like, <clears throat> some of the best people in the industry are working on these, like, intellectual properties. But, like, you can still fuck it up. 
it doesn't matter if you get the best of the best it can still not translate well and i was like i'm like very worried and optimistic i thought like 2049 turned out really well and stuff and mm-hmm. i'm just remaining optimistic about like um uzumaki and dune because it's like these these are like all these things are kind of like have labels of like it can't be done it just can't be done well the thing with dune is like it's it would have worked better if it was like kind of like a Game of Thrones situation because to me it it's series. more of a it's more yeah a, fa- a series it's more of a fantasy novel <clears throat> than it is just sci-fi because it's more about these families fighting over power of like the spice and yeah. uh, you know and everyone's just like lamau <clears throat> worms sandworms but <laughs> sandworms kind of take second precedence over it because they kind of protect yeah. the spice and like the planet that it's hosted at yeah. but. It's way more about these families fighting over the power because the spice is essentially like space crack. And <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's this weird edit. I saw like a leaked clip where um, one of the worms, like you've seen like in the trailers where the one big worm comes up and is facing um, um, Paul. And it's like kind of yeah. like, like nose to nose with them. And then Paul points up at it and he says, Trump. That was really weird. I don't know why they did that. Sorry. What? <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. <laughs> These damn SJWs are just fucking up my movies. Um, we are going to make how to rock great again. Believe me. No, I'm just imagining like what they would do, like some people would do to Dune. Um, sorry. Uh, but like Uzumaki's got that label too, where it's just like you can't make this essentially mm-hmm. and yeah I, I like from that from that uh from that junji ito like stories or collection series one thing that i noticed is that like the images have to be just as powerful as they are in the actual source material and another thing is like and somebody it's, i think about this until somebody described it to me i think it was like super eye patch wolf or something um that the tactile nature of like turning the page like uh, junji ito or reading any kind of horror manga especially but i'd say especially like junji ito is like the reading it off a website doesn't compare to actually owning a physical copy of it because he's designed his panels in a way that like a page turn is a literal jump scare there's like this massive buildup, and it's always to a page turn and there's something about actually physically taking turning that page over and being faced with like a fucking like a horrid horrid nightmare fuel is really incredible and it might be just reduced to like a simple cut frame jump scare and like a moving video and stuff and and they're also as animators going to have to translate like still images like to some of these fucking creatures and some of these fucking things and it could be good or it could be really bad i don't think it can be somewhere in the middle well you were talking about uh that that page turn where you just see something and it just like scares the crap out of you that makes yeah. me think of the book uh scary stories to tell in the dark that they yes. made a movie yes. of because i remember reading those books as a kid and you'd flip that page and then you'd see like this horrid monster that just gives you nightmares for like a week yeah i love it it's like every story had a single image and what it would do is it would prime you and it would just like put all these images in your head and would prime you and prime you with all this this shit and this build-up of like um 
you know, this thing and it's coming for the main character and it's getting closer and it's getting closer. And then you just like, it reaches its apex and then you flip the page and the fucking thing in the story is staring you in the face now on like in your hands. It's like, it's so perfect. It's uh, uh, really taking the medium and doing the most with it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, I think that's incredibly clever. And it's something I never really thought of until like recently because somebody else mentioned it. It's something that we're losing in the digital age now because everything is scrolling. You're scrolling down yeah. and it, it, I think it just, it kind of takes it away a little bit because the other aspect of that is like when you're flipping the page and you see the thing, you know, if you're scared enough, you might close the book or throw the book, you know, and it kind of takes that away yeah. when you're on a computer. Yeah. Um, like there's been those, um, was this like Korean or was it Japanese? It's like those um, the scrolling web games where you'd like yeah, scroll the, down the uh, the page. Yeah, those web like comics kind of animate a little oh, bit. Oh, there's one in particular about a lady like following a, a girl, and it's a yes. Oh my yes. god, I remember that one. That scared yeah, I have a, shit out of me. I have a live reaction because I only start. I've only read those recently, and apparently they're like quite old or like older, and. Uh, yeah, I was watching, uh, like, somebody sent me a link for that, and I actually managed to record it. There's a video on my channel of, like, me reacting for the first time ever to that, that webcomic. Really fucking good, and I love that it, it strangles control away from you, too. It forces you to look. Um, because, yeah, it's very different when you're scrolling on a website versus turning the pages in a book. But that made use of that, like, medium in a really good way. Yeah, and it's not just like a just typical years. like screamer, it's like you know, like early two thousands, like YouTube would yeah. just be like, follow this game, and it'd be like, scream, aha, no, scared. No, yeah. it was a lot more of a build up to it because you didn't quite know, like there, you know, there was something following her. Yeah. But at the end, it's like you get to actually see it. Or it's also I see, like it's I was the like, Bong Chong Dong Ghost. Yes, that's that's. I was also watching, um, like. Like it also like other pieces of animation like Western is um I think one of the best uh, one of the best cartoons ever made is Over the Garden Wall. Yeah. And even then it has like scary stuff in it, but it's like it's so quick and so subtle where it's like if you're watching it on TV versus like watching it um like if you can just pause whenever, it's like if you're watching it live on TV, you can't pause it. So you, it sticks with you a lot more cuz you're like what the fuck did I just watch? Yeah. And he's like revealing with uh, the, what's it called? The Woodsman, the I think it's called? The Beast, oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. It it shows what it looks like for like a frame. And the yeah, the first time I watched that, the best part was like your brain just kind of fills in the gaps, which makes it like just personally scary for you. Mm -hmm. um, but you like, yeah, if you're watching it in like um, a VLC or some sort of like digital file or something, you can just like go back to the frame and check it out. And even then it's like, oh, that's pretty cool. But it, it doesn't, it takes away from the scary factor. Yeah. Cause you have to, it, it's so split of a second where you're like, what the fuck did, was that like a, a tree man, like deer thing? What, what? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me? What that's, the fuck what, was that? It's one of those things in animation that we're really not supposed to like look at frame by frame, like in betweens or smears and stuff. It's like <laughs> they're meant to just kind of be there, so our brain just sort of like you know melds it and does its own thing over it. And like stuff. the one frame of porn in Fight Club. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh god. You're not meant to be able to pause it and go back and actually see it. 
but the, the mm. but i love that the, they're right it's like it's there for a single frame it's like but you saw it and you know exactly what it was it's like it's there like just long enough i love the kid crying in the fucking theater <laughs> that's so funny reminds me of only place oh where yeah they, where they had like the smelly feet just <laughs> <laughs> like put it up really quick <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I don't think i don't know if gator knows what we're talking about you ever you know, do you watch oni plays gator i've seen the oni cartoons but i have never actually watched oni plays oh god the animations for oni plays are fantastic i would recommend watching like the sora smelly feet pirate one it's it's so good <laughs> <laughs> see if after watching after Game Grumps became pretty cringe and Aaron tried to like yeah. distance himself from everything that he was, I just from kind humor, of like too. Yeah, it, yeah. lost all the humor. Yeah. I just kind of <laughs> fell out of watching a lot of like let's plays and stuff because it's just like yeah. it killed it for me. And I say that as someone that likes to play and stream games online. Dude, yeah. Chris O'Neill has like his own like his own sense of humor that's super different from Game Grumps. I'd recommend just I could send you some videos, but it's it his sense of humor is so much sillier, but it's got like slight edge to it where it's like got that early new grounds humor mixed with See, like, I like that. humor. It's I it's fantastic. It's yeah. it's literally everything that's missing from like current game grumps plus some because they have their own style and editing to it and like their fans are I've never met one like when he plays fan that was an asshole. I met plenty of yeah. gang rope fans that were assholes and weird, but like, like all the actually only... doxing people and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like all the only place people are fantastic. Like they've always been really nice to me and I've heard Chris O'Neill is really nice. A lot of those people yeah. are nice. So <laughs> yeah. Um, like I know friends of friends and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. and, and like no one has a fucking bad thing to say about like Chris or anybody who shows up on those shows and stuff. It's just like um, he's got a he's got a like lightning in a bottle, I think, in terms of like Let's Play channels. I think he honestly has like the best. I'd say like if second place goes to somebody, it'd be like super mega. They're really funny. Yeah. yeah but like there's just something I don't know, like there's just something fucking magical. You can catch like a, just a random episode or like just bit, like just almost uncut upload to youtube of like oni plays and there's just something in there that's gonna make you laugh or just like oh or like my favorite series they've ever done is just like them playing kingdom hearts because i played kingdom oh, hearts God. as an autistic child a lot and they just they just take the absolute piss out of it where i'm just like no one else can no one else can play kingdom hearts ever and make it as funny as they did it's just yeah it's, perfect it's like the perfect let's let's play and i don't really say that very often <laughs> no they're, they're like the fucking there's a scenario where uh they're talking about goofy being like an abusive father and it just makes me like i will fucking quote that forever <laughs> like like it's goofy go time he's like no, Dad, goofy. No. No, it's funnier it's it's like oh it's so great he's like oh so you you have to blare there's you'll you'll <laughs> he's just bullying his son maxine's mom it's like her or his like his girlfriend whatever her name was it's like she's like she's she's mine and then he invites like mickey over and then he calls him a it's like i paid him to say that <laughs> that's amazing Max, you little bitch my little maxi pad <laughs> 
Holy shit, I'm like, gonna have they, to check this out now for sure. They, fucking great. Ding Dong goes on like a fucking 10 minute rant about like abusive father Goofy. He just <laughs> smokes, like, smokes in Maxie's face and goes, <laughs> yeah, blows smoke in his face. Ooh. <laughs> just being like yeah. an abusive piece of shit. <laughs> You're the reason Locked the in. mom left. <laughs> oh. You're what killed her. <laughs> just no no it's it's fucking priceless it's i'll fucking gold. do it again i'll do it <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's great like it's they have their own like charm that is like impeccable to anyone else i've seen on youtube and it's like i mean I, we're around i assume we're all millennials here right oh yeah um yeah even and they make constant morning. reference to like our childhood so like a bunch of like nickelodeon shows cartoon shows because that's the same stuff they love and i assume you guys love too but it's and they add that kind of sense of humor to their comedy too and it's it's so it's like the best improv i think i've seen since like whose line is it anyway like it's it's i'm it's that great yeah um and that's kind of like that and i feel like that's what like if I had to say, like, a Let's Play has to be a certain way or some shit, like, obviously, they don't have to all adhere to this. But I think the formula, like, what works best is this, like, kind of riffing nature. Like, I've, I've noticed that, like, um, I always call back. It's, like, almost every fucking review channel, like, all the, like, nostalgic critic kind of and things that are like it. And they um, owe, like, something to Mystery Science Theater 3000. And that's kind of it. It's like you take the material and you just riff with it. You just roll with it and you just kind of poke humor at it. And um, instead, of, instead of just like blatantly ripping something apart, because I think comedy starts to die when you actually genuinely hate something. Like, yeah. uh, if you ever, like when, when you genuinely like something pisses you off and you're just kind like of making jokes. feminist type tier com comedians that are like, I'm yes, oh, yes, 2016. Yeah, yeah. It's um it's not even fun yeah. to make fun of Ghostbusters 2016 because it's just no. that bad and it just makes yeah. you it's off-putting. You're just like, uh like yeah, um I would like what was it? James Rolf uh was just like I'm not going to review this cuz it looks like it's not for <laughs> yeah. me and people got so pissed at him. But like yeah, he like the side of it depresses him. He doesn't even want to make like jokes at its expense. It's just like, I'm just sad. Like I, ju I'm just <laughs> like upset. Like, and he knows he's like, I'm not going to be able to turn this into jokes. Even it's just like, I'm not going to be able to riff on this. Cause I'm just going to be fucking sad while watching this. Mm -hmm. and it's true. It's true. It's like, um, and even though they're like making fun of like kingdom hearts and other kind of games and stuff like that, you get a genuine sense that the, like, they don't hate it. They're just kind of like they're just poking fun at it and stuff. Well, like they, um, they all grew up playing like games like that, too. And like, I mean, it's still like it's that kind of another thing about their comedy that I like. It's like they're they do nostalgia in a very specific era. Like I said, like kind of late 90s, early 2000s nostalgia, which not a whole lot of like reviewer types, I guess you want to call it like James Rolfe types really do that kind of era. They just grew up with like the 80s and 90s. Well, they have more yeah. of a specific time zone where it's like people that are more millennial age or early millennial age can more relate to, I guess. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, uh, it's good. It's great. <laughs> yeah. But uh, speaking of Let's Plays, uh, we should talk about scary Let's Plays. Let's talk about Ooh. PewDiePie and the bridge. How do you feel about that, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I'm going to be the first to say that I think he was right 
And <laughs> wasn't he being uh, a dick actually? The guy that shot at him. <laughs> well, no, no, that like okay, actually, if we're talking like real game strategy and stuff like that, like, well, first off, PUBG's trash. It's a terrible game, but like, um, that bridge is super annoying to begin with, and that guy was being absolutely shit, like just. <laughs> Um, so he had a right to get mad. It's just I, like he had a he had a slip of the tongue. He had, he he slipped a little gamer in there. Uh, he had a gamer moment. It happens gamer to the term. best of us. Yeah, where the term gamer words come from, right? It's because <laughs> yes, that is that is where <laughs> that actually from. is the origin. Yeah, it's, he just had a gamer moment, guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's true. I mean, like, and then these people were like trying to moral about it, like H three H three. But we don't have to get into that today. What we're yeah. We'll do is we'll talk about um, the the rise of PewDiePie and like scary let's plays and kind of what Mark does nowadays. Yeah, yeah so who, pretty much. Did you take a lot of inspiration from PewDiePie watching Actually, his stuff? I'm not. Um, I was one of the people that missed the whole PewDiePie train up until like recently, probably 2017 was when mm -hmm. I started watching. It was like 2016 or 17 was when I finally actually started watching PewDiePie. But like I, I did know him as the like plain amnesia and like the funny Swede who scream real loud. Barrels. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. And like fucking with the barrels Stefano. and stuff. Yeah. Bro, um, what are you doing? Bro, bro. <laughs> that's an incredible impression. That sounds like him. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I've watched no, a lot I'm of kidding. PewDiePie. Yeah, that actually sounded like him. I thought you had a fucking sound clip. Like, <laughs> There's no way you could have gotten that fast enough. Um, Gator's a man with many talents. Oh, an actual alligator with many talents, should I say. Yeah. An alligator yeah. with opposable thumbs. Yes. I could sit <laughs> on a gaming chair for hours on him. Yeah. <laughs> he just curls up on his tail and sits. <laughs> he has a nice light mist mister that sprays him, keeping him nice and like moist and cool. Uh, <laughs> um... I, I missed out on the PewDiePie train back in the day and like um like the big three, like uh Jack Septicai, Markiplier. Um, I kinda missed out on those guys. Although I respect them all, even if like their content isn't really for me. I think like all three of those people seem like very genuine human beings, which is really a fucking rarity that they're so big and that like normally like there's so many fucking weird shady people on like YouTube. There's so much like trash humans like on youtube and then those three people seem like they're genuinely like decent people even if i don't agree with them sometimes um yeah i think the thing I, that really sets them apart was because they were so evolutionary that they instead of being clout chasing uh retards as i like yeah. to put it they were the clout they were like the what made youtube youtube back in the day i am the so hype Yes, <laughs> they were the head hunches, but I, like you know what I'm saying. Like they they didn't have to like clout and like tear away. They just had to like make content, and I feel like that's the difference between a lot of a lot of shadier YouTubes YouTubers. Yeah. Just like <laughs> they're creating the trends instead of following them, um, mm -hmm. and uh, and and completely by accident. They're, like it's it's amazing how they just kind of do whatever the fuck they want, and it like always works, which is like incredible. Um, because as a YouTuber, if you if you chase trends, you're just going to have a bad time. Like you'll eventually end up just making shit that you don't even like or care about. Like you're just mm -hmm. going to follow this like what works for the longest time. I think when I got my Let's Play channel off the ground, 
actually had like and i won't name names but like i had a like a, a fucking youtube advisor like walk me through what was like the best and what was going to work out and like the things that you needed to do and there's certain things uh, like that you just have to do but um and it really worked for me and uh, like some of my videos were fucking blowing up but i realized uh it, it just wasn't fun and i can't keep doing this if it isn't fun so like then my videos just started to kind of drop off of it and i started uploading a lot less but then i think Co Co like copa happened or Coppa, and that like destroyed my fucking channel because I, I placed it under it's like yeah i make some pretty adult jokes i'll mark myself under 18 plus and uh basically my my view count got cut to like 25 percent of what it used to make Oof. it's like and like you can't reverse it either it's just like oh but like and the stupidest thing is i look at my analytics and it says like there's not a single person under the age of 18 watching me so i was like yeah i'm clear i'm in, I'm, I'm fine it's i guess not <laughs> I guess see not. that's the trick to the youtube algorithm is that when you mark that 18 plus it triggers something in the algorithm that suggests your videos less often to people even the ones yes. that are actually looking for your videos so oh yeah like, my watch subscribers your aren't getting the yeah, my subscribers are complaining because they're just not getting any updates and they're not getting my videos. There's people tuning in and be like, holy shit, you uploaded like five times. I didn't notice until I clicked your page. It's like, yeah. And even oh. the suggestions on the sidebar after they've watched your video. Yeah, like like it'll maybe have like one video of yours up there and like a hundred videos from literally anyone else. Whereas mm -hmm. other YouTubers that didn't do that like most of the top like five or six videos are all like their content that you haven't watched yeah it's fucked yeah because i know but, we're, um, we never marked ourselves uh on this channel to be like 18 plus or whatever but even then yeah. like youtube just like it sees the kinds of topics and the things that we're talking about and they're like oh anime that's kind of an adult topic right which is weird because you wouldn't think so but for some reason and it does the same thing where it just like doesn't send out because I've I've asked people it's like hey did you get a ping for this and they're like no and I have like nice. another account like my normie account that's subscribed to the channel on a different yeah. device and everything and and I don't get the notification that's usually how I know when something something is wrong because I won't get the notification on on that device and I'm like huh I guess it didn't send it out to subscribers oh well mm. yeah it's great love the site doing good things we love <laughs> um, susan you're doing a great job keep it up yeah and like to add insult to injury like the whole coppa thing only happened because of the elsa gate which was like every youtuber was screaming at people working at like youtube headquarters to like do something it's like you need to stop this like there's like rampant like pedophilia on the site like do something and they just refused until like it went legal and they're yeah. like it's like <laughs> punishing us for like their fucking mistakes it's just horrible um sorry uh we were talking about spooky stuff sorry i went on a fucking tangent rant we're talking about pewdiepie um, in particular pewdiepie well like scary let's plays and and like uh gaming videos and stuff like that like that's kind of my bread and butter now is that i realized that um like spooktober is a thing that i only do once a year but um it's it's really fun i love playing horror games and i like i genuinely get fucking really scared while playing horror games i mean if they're good like, I'll be harsh if they're not. But um, 
I think it's been working out for me better than anything else on my channel. And I love it. And I love watching other YouTubers play like horror games and stuff. At least when they're not like, it's the really cringe, over exaggerated like reactions. Like this. Yeah. They're like, bro, bro, my, my game is haunted. Bro, bro. Like, <laughs> like, oh, shit. <laughs> shit. It's Ben. It's Ben. Oh, no. It's Ben. Oh no, it's he Ben drowned. drowned. He's in he's in my hard drive. He's looking through my files. Oh no, he found my <laughs> he found my private folder. Oh shit. <laughs> oh no, he found my itchy uh folder. My itchy oh, no. folder. Oh god, anime titties everywhere. Oh no, Damn. not that. Anything uh, but that. But, oh my god, Ben Ben drowns is doxing me. <laughs> <laughs> he busts my dick pics to the internet. <laughs> God, Ben Drowned is the real pickle man. <laughs> oh fuck! Well, like, do do you guys actually have any kind of favorite like creepy pasta or something? No, I do. I'm they're sorry. Mostly, <laughs> I'm they're a mostly girl. bad. Look, I look. I'm a girl. I like real horror. I like uh, true crime shit. So, like. Oh, Squidward's eyes were bleeding out of his socket. <laughs> okay, see, I, and those are. He said, "God is dead. God is dead." See, those creepy pasta aren't that great. Like the ones that are like based on another property aren't that great. Like, no, I don't think Sonic good. EXE is that good. I don't no, think no. Ben Drown was that good. Um, if you see her turn off, the game was kind of neat from a conceptual standpoint, but it wasn't really that great of a creepy pasta in general. The ones that I like are more of like the the ritualistic side. Um, there was mm. one where it was about like if you're driving on like a certain road at night and you like see this exit and it like goes through like the because I kind of like the Holder series at least at the very beginning before it became cringe, kind of I, like the uh, the SCP before a, it became cringe. Yeah, this is one like I really like the aesthetic of liminal spaces because they do kind of like. Like, if you guys don't know what that is, if you guys are listening, it's kind of like, have you guys seen space. like a, yeah, yeah, have you seen like old abandoned malls, like, or old abandoned hotels that look like they smell bad and they have like yeah. really <laughs> crappy fluorescent light? That, that very specific kind of like, I feel like you I've been think here. about it, you think about it and you can hear the buzzing of the fluorescent lights in your head. Yeah, that's cool to me. I don't like uh, the creepypasta made out of liminal spaces, which is like the back doors. That shit's fucking lame. Oh, you yeah. go through the back door, and then there's, there's a creepy monster chasing you, and then you go through another door, and then there's another creepy monster, and then you go through another creepy door, and you have to go through and then there's another creepy monster after. Oh. It's fucking lame, dude. Yeah. It, you don't need a creature there. Just being stuck. Imagine, like, actually, there there was even, it was like, um, I, I think there was like a short film on YouTube um and it's a, it was a what do you call it it's like it's actually a machinima so it's actually like all done in a video game but like the graphics look decent enough that it kind of tricks your brain and mm -hmm. it's supposed to be like chest cam footage of a, a police officer who enters a building uh for like a wellness check and then he like i guess there's like just a fucking like portal in this guy's like abandoned like this abandoned house and he like falls through it and he's just like in a liminal space and like that's creepy 
and he's just walking around. It's just endless corridors and hallways. Yeah, and like, that's cooler the, than me than having to be, go through a door and then you're chased by a monster. And you have but to then it, it ends with him being chased by a fucking monster. And it's just like, oh, no, it's not good. It's like no. just the space alone and the 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 emptiness of it and like even just the idea that you might not be alone is enough you don't actually have to play your card you don't have to show anything that's what's mm -hmm. creepy about it yeah uh, um yeah liminal sp space is is frightening in its own weird way but like um yeah don't don't overdo it don't fuck it up it's a, the best part of it is it's subtlety and it's like the whole like nostalgia of like i feel like i've been here too it, yeah. I feel like you've been in those old crappy hotels or you've been in like weird spaces, but they're all empty. And it's that kind of familiarity, but also like unease they bring to you that I it's I like that. I like that touch of reality. But most of the time, creepypastas are like, and then my computer screen started bleeding. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, fucking lame. <laughs> I, I think technically that falls under the uh, description of um, uncanny the uncanny valley or yeah. like that um because it takes something familiar and alters it in a way where it's like it's it's like because i think the root word was like german it's like unheimlich or something which is like um it means home but like threatening it's it's like the idea of something that is supposed to be safe and familiar but is wrong in some way it's it's like tainted so like those images of like don't you remember this and it's like a school and it's like a hallway of a school or something and your brain goes like you were here in a weird way because it looks so familiar to like the school the school hallways that you used to walk but there's just like something off about it it's not a real memory it's not a real place it's like things like that and it tricks your brain and it like kind of frightens you. It kind of scares you in a little weird way. And there's and there's nothing inherently frightening about it. That's what's so like, yeah. great about it. Yeah, you really hit the nail on the head. And you can imagine the smell too. It probably smells yeah. like mold. <laughs> <laughs> that musty ass and the fucking fluorescent buzz. Yeah. Like yeah, it's got some you can picture the texture. You feel your brain fills in the gaps. Mm -hmm. And that's what's scary about it because it's it's personally scary to you. Mm -hmm. I I really like that, but yeah, I don't know. So it's creepy pastas. I just I mean, everyone wants to be like H.P. Lovecraft, and they're shit. <laughs> they're fucking shit at it. Yeah. Well, I mean, so. just going through the uh, the list of like classic uh, creepy pastas on the uh, the creepy pasta wiki, like I see some of the ones that I remember. Like, uh, Candle Cove is probably one of yeah. the most famous because it spawned that uh, television series on sci-fi, uh, Channel Zero, where they went through, like, four different creepy pastas and kind of, like, took away the essence that made them what they were yeah. and hollowed them out for television. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's really cool, though? I really like ARGs. They're done well. I love ARGs. Cool. Uh, did you do the yeah. one for Halo, the I Love Bees? No, but I watched, um, she's like my, one of my favorite YouTubers ever. She, her name is, um, Atrocity Guide. Hmm. She's fantastic. She went through the story of it and her voice and the way she has, like the way she narrates is just perfect. But like, yeah, I, I think that they're very clever, especially if they're well-written and like, you have to like get people's attention in a way that it's not super obvious. 
So it's getting that initial people's attention that I find really interesting in the way he progressed through his story. I really like him. Yeah. What was that one that was on YouTube that was really popular? It was uh Oh yeah, Lonely Girl fifteen. Yeah, 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 that was it. Yeah. That was an interesting was... that was an interesting ARG conceptually. Uh, Marble Hornets was another one that I, oh, I yeah. remember that really kind of like brought Slenderman and made him like infamous on the internet. Mm -hmm. It it is funny how those guys who were just like a couple of guys who got together and wanted to make like something inspired by Slenderman. Like Slenderman's already a thing, but I think they really like those guys alone almost cemented like the entire fucking lore behind Slenderman. Yeah, uh, in a weird way. Then, and it was just like a thing. He was just a, a post on something awful image. and just an image. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of fucking incredible when you think about it and everything else that came after was just kind of like imitation it's really weird how an adaptation of something turned out the way it did and then the fucking uh, it's so funny i they came out with the slender man movie and the cast <laughs> from marble hornets went to go watch it and they were just like what the fuck <laughs> like they're so like disappointed and they're like and they try oh to do some things God. that yeah <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, and they're embarrassed they're like they tried to like do shit that we came up with and it just did not work like they were taking bits of like the lore that they came up with and whatnot and tried applying it but like absolutely stumbled and like spilt their spaghetti everywhere <laughs> it's, it's like being good. george lucas and walking into the new disney star wars and being like what have they done to my baby <laughs> oh my baby <laughs> what have you done? What have you done? That's another thing Chris O'Neill does. Is a great, it's a great George Lucas, and his his George Lucas just sounds more like a whiny baby version. He's like, or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just like, I want Jar Jar. <laughs> I want Jar Jar. Be. <laughs> I want Jar Jar to be a Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, I'll, I'll have to send you some great Oni cl plays clips after this, Skater, and you could just binge watch it. It's great. For sure. I, I love having something on to listen to while I'm like grinding through Destiny 2. I I have to keep Oni plays on every time I wake up in the morning as a routine because I'm just like I need something to laugh at and keep on as I'm waking up in the morning because I just I'm not looking forward to work, so it just gets gets me going, you know. But um, speaking. Let's see, of uh, movies. What's your favorite Halloween movie? My favorite Halloween film? Mm hmm Like, something that you keep on, or in the Halloween, or maybe multiple films, that you just get you in the Halloween spirit. I, like, um, okay, I'll just have to, like, Rolodex through them. Um, The Thing, for sure. Um, yeah, that's a good choice. I love Among Us. <laughs> Sus. <laughs> Derailed, just derailed. Uh, <laughs> that's my favorite movie, Among Us. Um, uh, actually, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Trick or Treat is a great. Ooh, I, I love great. I I'm a huge fan of anything that's horror anthology, so I really like the VHS series. I actually did a fan edit where I took like the best, um, the best tapes or the short stories and then compiled them together from like the first two films because like unfortunately some of those films are not good like some of them are just like actually fucking bad so i ended up taking like the best ones and then making its own film um i'm actually gonna be watching that with the patrons later today uh that's why i like i'm 
like my time schedule and stuff. But uh, so VHS series, pretty good. It's kind of it's a it's a mixed bag, um, but it's it's good when it's really good. Specifically, the tapes called Amateur Night, which I think is the very first tape in the very first film, and then I play uh, a tape called Safe Haven. That's the last tape from the second film are like hands down some of the greatest short horror films I've ever fucking seen. Like genuinely fucking terrifying. Um, the, 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 especially that first one, Amateur Night, it is like, and they have to come up with a clever way of like, it's all found footage. So it's like they have to come up with clever ways in which the this is all being filmed. And it starts off with like a bunch of frat guys and they're basically going to go hit the bar on like a Saturday night get a bunch of girls drunk, take them back to a hotel and have sex with them. But the guy has spy glasses on that has like a tiny, like little like SD card in it. And it records everything that they're doing. And it just looks like normal glasses. And so they're going to record it and make amateur porn and stuff like that. And I don't know whatever, whatever they're going to do, whatever the fuck they want with that later. But that's the, that's the premise but they go out to the bar and the guy who's wearing the glasses is kind of like out of his element. He's kind of like, these are his friends, but he's like, they're kind of clearly like using him. He's kind of like nerdy. And this girl like gets really attached to him. And the guys see that and they're just like, yeah, you should come back with us. And it like, without saying what happens next is like there's something very severely wrong with this girl <laughs> and they're like and they get like back to the hotel room and it gets really fucking crazy but you should definitely see it if you haven't seen it so far it's it's fucked um it's i i love i think short form horror or short film horror films like especially because i think um even actually this is my criticism with a lot of fucking horror games too is that you spend too much time in this world or in this horror setting and it starts to become dull like you need to get in um you know even if it's a slow burn horror film like uh you can't be in that for too long and i think sometimes horror films actually the biggest problem is that you're just there for too long. Even an hour and 30 minutes is like too long in the setting sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I, that's what I love about short horror films and anthologies, especially because also there's a thing that you'll notice though, like anthology is that the characters are completely void, like in the sense that they can die. And the ending could be that every character just dies because they can take that chance because there's like this sunken cost fallacy that comes with watching a full length feature film where if the ending is that all the characters die, you go, oh, what a piece of shit, what a ripoff. But if you watch like a 30 minute film where all the characters die in the end, you go, wow, that was pretty good. That was ballsy. Right. Well, especially if they really get you invested in the characters. Like I remember Trick or Treat, you know, each was mm-hmm. kind of like a, a individual story, but yeah. it was all set in the same town, in the same little part of the town. And all the yeah, characters, the like, yeah, all in the same night, all the characters, like, crossed over with each other. So it, it kind of gives you that a little bit more emotional investment. So when, like, characters die, you're like, oh, that was cool. Yeah. Um, I, I think that that's why I really like Trick or Treat, because it may be, like, the antithesis of anthology horror and, like, short form horror, because it still has that 
connecting thread story. And actually, you'll notice that if you watch like the VHS series, um, it tries to connect all the films in some weird way. It's bad. It's not good. It's like it's an attempt. It's literally just like with the first film, it's a bunch of people break into a house and there's a dead guy sitting in front of a bunch of TVs and there's a bunch of unmarked VHS tapes. And then they start playing them. And when the movie stops, like the tape stops, like the short horror film, it cuts back to the main plot. And they're slowly getting killed off. The people in the house, they're slowly getting killed off one by one. It turns out the guy in the chair, he's a zombie. Oh, no. And mm. like, it's not good. It's like, <laughs> it's like, you know, there's an attempt. And I, I like that when they try to at least connect all the tapes in some way or there's some sort of like cohesive narrative. But um, sometimes it can hurt. It can hurt the film and and stuff but like hollow or trick-or-treat is like perfect in that and then it's like it's a cohesive story but it's like these little vignettes that are happening with individual characters and um they all connect in some way like mm-hmm. like one ca- one character who's like a villain in his own little vin- vignette gets his comeuppance in a completely different storyline it's like it's crazy i love it oh yeah you mean the uh the uh, what was he the principal the or dad. whatever yeah, yeah, the principal dad or like that who's like a secret serial killer. Killer, yeah. And he's talking to his son. It's like, this is how you kill a person, son. And this is how you bury the body. And he's like, it's really weird. And then that story ends. And then another picks up. And then he shows up. And like, I don't want to spoil too much in case people haven't seen this movie. But like um, some horrible thing comes about. And it like kills that person <laughs> it's like holy shit and like you didn't expect that character to show up in the other story you even really though you really didn't all... expect them to get like immediately murdered. yeah yeah and in fact actually him showing up in the plot makes you afraid because you know he's a serial killer by this point and you're like oh no he's gonna kill somebody else he's gonna kill like another character probably because now they're he's in like somebody else's story and like that fucking twist is so goddamn good where like the hunter becomes the hunted it's so fucking great mm-hmm. i love it yeah for halloween i love watching trick-or-treat especially. and this is kind of the problem with a lot of like modern horror movies is that i see i love the original i love the original <laughs> saw but saw has completely ruined the horror genre because every yeah. horror movie now goes for cheap pops rather than like the more like emotional sort of uh like atmospheric horror that's why i liked um god what is that movie the name's escaping me where it's like you don't make a sound or whatever uh oh uh quiet place quiet place yes that's why quiet place is so great because it takes that atmospheric horror and dials it up to 11 like it's because you're in the theater watch and you really i feel like the best way to watch it is in the theater because you're like there, yeah. and there's like it's just so quiet in the theater. You like the only thing you can really hear is like the air conditioning, and then it's just like this. This when you hear the sounds, it just hits you, and when and then everything just goes to hell. It's so good, and th- the second one was also really good too. It wasn't as good as the first, but rarely yeah. are the sequels. Well, that's another huge thing with horror films is sound design is king really over almost anything else and that um i've noticed that horror films are so much more effective with a good sound design and 
that movie was like especially like um let's take that to its natural conclusion we're like the most threatening thing in this movie is any noise whatsoever. And then so your heart just sinks whenever you hear it, like, ugh. No. Yeah, yeah. Because you'll even notice that with regular horror films where there's too much soundtrack. I fucking hate the intrusive <laughs> soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Like, somebody, somebody literally taking their cat's claws and running them down <laughs> violin strings or some shit. It's like as a soundtrack. And like, that might work in some films, but like, it gets so old so quickly. Um, and you'll you'll notice in horror films it's like it'll be so loud and heavy with the soundtrack until the jump stairs about to happen and, and then the, everything cuts and everything's quiet and there's not a sound and then it hits you but that a quiet place is it's all fucking quiet so you don't know what to expect and you're on guard almost the entire fucking sit through which is really clever i actually like that speaking yeah. of atmosphere um one of my favorite atmospheric games is silent hill Oh, yes. yes oh fuck yeah there's uh so there's nothing quite like silent hill when that's why it was so special when it first came out i'm sure there i mean there's other video games that tried you know recapturing it but they were like the, these japanese small group of japanese developers were like let's make a game that's not just like because their direct competitor at the time was resident evil right and resident evil like it's yeah. a horror game it's more of an action game let's let's be for real um yeah. So their direct competitor was this big action game and pew pew go shoot shoot and they're like this medium especially because it was so new with like um everything being 3d and you could walk everywhere let's just make a super fucking creepy ass like almost like a liminal space in a way <laughs> if you want to compare it to that silent hill yeah where it could be literally anywhere in america and it's just covered with fog and you can't see in front of you. And you just know that this guy's looking for his daughter. And yeah. everything's off when you get there. That, that there is, I don't know what it is about, especially when like the Japanese, it isn't even just specifically the Japanese, but like, because um, I've seen other like Asian cultures do this too. Although it's like almost always Asian cultures, but they get, they have this huge obsession with like, um americana like american culture and they come over and they'll spend like a month in the pacific northwest or some shit and then like that's what team silent did where they spent a whole shitload of time in like the pacific northwest and took a billion photos and stuff and then they ran back to japan and then made silent hill and there's this weird thing where i think this goes into like a form of that uncanny valley which again i think plays into what you're saying about liminal space as well where they take what's familiar to us um and twist it in a way and it's not quite right even before things get really fucking scary and like the other world comes about and everything is that there's just something like so wrong about everything like I, I think it's actually funny that like the first silent hill game the school is a spitting image for the school from uh kindergarten cop they literally just really? copy pasted <laughs> yeah if you, it's actually incredible if you look at it um most <laughs> of the, most of the references for the school is kindergarten cop and it's really strange <laughs> so like if you ever watched that as a kid and then played silent hill you will have this like this tiny little voice in your head is going like it's like this seems really familiar when you're at the school <laughs> it's like i don't know i thought that was incredible it's like they 
they consumed so much American media when making uh, Silent Hill, and they really wanted to translate that across. And because it's like it's a foreign thing to them, it feels like it's an interpretation of America in a way. And that's again, I think, plays into what's unsettling about Silent Hill and those like quiet moments before like the horror actually shows up. Well, it's, it's just places that you recall, places that you remember, and so you're walking through them, and you have this memory, this recollection that just like nags at the back of your head as you're going through here, and it helps to really kind yeah. of help. It helps with the atmosphere too, because not only are you going through this space that you remember, but you're going through this space you remember in like Hell World version of it. Yeah. Yeah, where the walls oh, yeah. are literally skin. <laughs> oh god, I, I I remember playing that for the first time when I was a kid, and me and my brother like we're we had our PlayStation and we were in a dark room and we we're playing that shit. And like the first time it went to the other world, and like the ground turned to like rusted grating, and there was like fucking skin walls and shit. Me and him were shitting ourselves because we we're like, we know we've been here. This is the same hallway that we just walked through, but it's like fucked and it's different and was fucking with us so bad oh, like we were the, genuinely so tired terrified the music in it is so fucking immaculate too like holy shit because yeah. it's like during that scene when it turns to rust everything's quiet no, there's no music and then as soon as it turns to rust it almost sounds like a f***ed up heartbeat mixed with like it literally sounds like anxiety and it's yeah. so fucking good <laughs> Yeah, sound design playing its like hugest role, I think, again, in horror. I think it's incredibly important that uh, th there's a thing in filmmaking where it's like um, it's like what like when it comes to like the tier of what's most important, like we're such visual creatures, like people, human beings, like we're so visual um, and we th we instantly think that the image is probably like the most important thing, but it's like the least important thing. And sound design is always kind of king it's always above it and i'm saying this as like a cinematographer it's like unfortunately i have to admit that sound design is more important than cinematography but like that is also dialed up to 11 when it comes to anything horror related is that sound gets to us on such a more visceral level than i think even like um imagery although imagery is very strong and can totally stand on its own like you can so show somebody a still image you can send to them in the DMs on Twitter and they open that shit and it can genuinely terrify them. But like um, the sound of like a re like very realistic sound of like just playing a sound clip of somebody like scratching on the other side of their door or something like that will fuck with you so deeply. And like the sound of somebody t full tilt running at you or something just audio of that shit will fuck with you or just so the bad sound of something like banging in the distance and then yeah. banging a little closer and then banging a little closer and I then mean, it sounds like it's right outside your door it, because you guys yeah. ever yeah if you sorry i didn't mean to interrupt like <laughs> but i was just gonna I, say that real quick that it's i think a lot of it has to do with the fact that you can you can close your eyes when you see something scary but you can't really turn off your ability to hear. Mm -hmm. So even when you're yeah. like scared in the theater and you like cover your eyes, you know, you're still hearing the movie, you're still hearing these sounds. And I think that contributes to why great sound design can make or break a horror film. 
Well, yeah, even if sure. you watch like those like ghost hunter shows, even though you know I think a lot of them are you know probably bullshit. Like the thing that yeah. scares people the most <laughs> is being alone and then thinking you hearing footsteps. It might just be like it being an old ass building and it crackling because that's what buildings do. They make tink noises and all that kind of stuff. But it just it fucking with your head enough to where it even sounds vaguely like a person in the same room as you. Really yeah. fucking scary. It's um, I think it's I think it's really something that's kind of important and uh because I, I think I was mentioning before we started the call or we started recording is like this horror film that I saw very recently or it was last night and it was really really fucking bad and it was really trying to be scary and one of the worst aspects of it was like the sound design it just killed it's like this this movie actually had a moment where it really was getting scary sorry the movie is called um it's a thai horror film from 2017 it's called the promise or i think the alternate title is corpse the promise like um it's got a really interesting premise and it, it, it like the first 30 minutes of the film is the year is 1997 and there's two schoolgirl best friends they might even be like a little bit more than friends it's kind of slightly implied um, that who really care about each other, but and they're and they're like they they're both uh, have wealthy families, but there was like a massive financial crash that happened in like nineteen ninety seven for Thailand, and uh, basically they go from like rich upper middle class to um, poor as fuck overnight. Like all of their money and assets are like liquidized and they make a suicide pact because their lives are kind of like essentially ruined like their futures and their prospects are like gone and they think that their lives are over so they go to this like half-built apartment building that they're like one of their fathers was building and they make a suicide pact and they're like we're gonna kill ourselves and then the friend puts a gun in her mouth and blows, blows her brains out in front of the other and she's supposed to take the gun and finish herself off and then she just runs away and it cuts to like 2017 she's an adult and then it's just like she has a daughter who's the exact same age she was when this happened and they go to the building because she wants to buy it because it's like she has like horrible but fond memories of this building and she wants to secure the building and redevelop it and through some means her daughter gets possessed by her old friend and she wants her to finish the quote unquote the promise and kill herself. Um, it's like that sounds like a great concept for a horror film. Yeah, I was about to absolutely say I was fucking that. Sounds amazing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely botched after like the fucking first like forty minute mark. Absolutely fucking botched. It is the most melodramatic like cry fest movie I've ever seen. The the soundtrack is like this sweeping, like, please cry, please cry while watching our movie. <laughs> and like, like sad piano every t- Please, clap, no, please they- cry. <laughs> yeah, it's like they play the same sad piano song at nauseum repeatedly, like six times in the span of like 10 minutes. And I'm like, oh my God. And it's like the acting is so j- melodramatic. And 
then when you get to the conclusion, it we were just actually fucking laughing. Some of those like batshit stuff happens. It's like in bad CG, like a person falls off oh, the building, no. and their body <laughs> is CG, and it's like and they're not actually falling. They just minimize, like they like shrunk their body to make it look like they were falling away. It's like <laughs> no, no, no. It's like so. No matter how good, and I bet you this script looked amazing. Like, I bet you the script, like, I, I told you the beginning concept, and that is fucking solid. That's a good movie concept right there. But the execution, abysmal. And that's, that's, that, that can be the problem. But again, sound design was also a huge, huge problem with that. Also, also objects not making the sounds that they should. Like, a kettle is going off and, like the kitchen it's like ooh, somebody like she walks in she wakes up the first night that her daughter's like possessed and her entire apartment is like torn apart and the kettle is on the boil and it's already boiling but then she sees something creepy and she gets closer to it and then the kettle starts making that like whistling sound it's like it wouldn't make that it makes absolutely no sense it's already boiling why did it just choose this moment to start like little shit like that it's like really conveniently dumb i don't know mm-hmm. don't do that <laughs> it's kind of like a continuity <laughs> error because it they shouldn't have had it boiling yeah. until you know she was approaching the thing or whatever yeah it's it just and like and that, that is a tiny little nitpick or like that but when there's like i swear to god there are like 50 examples just like that throughout the course of the film and it just makes you kind of like it keeps taking you out of it and there's really funny shit like it, is a bit of a spoiler but the mom gets so fed up that she's like fine fuck it i'll kill myself and she like puts a gun in her mouth and tries to pull the trigger and like it doesn't go off and like somehow the ghost is like stopping the bullets from firing and then the ghost appears in front of her and then she tries shooting the ghost (laughs) 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 it's so fucking stupid it's like um and the yeah the gun conveniently works whenever the plot needs it to or it doesn't work it's like um and then oh fuck this is amazing she goes okay you won't let me kill myself fine and she drives over to the ghost's mom's house and puts a gun to her head and says i'll fucking kill your mom man. i'll fucking do it i'll fucking do it i'll do it and she and like and she does and she proves that the ghost like the ghost is there by grabbing her friend's ashes and then smashing them against the wall and then you see the silhouette of a person that isn't like ashen and like prove that the ghost is standing right there or some shit um and it's really funny your friend's ashes that okay (laughs) and then she's like oh fuck the dude kill your mom and then she doesn't because she's not like that horrible but she is like also a horrible person it's a it's a great I like it's hard to get your hands on because it was a Netflix exclusive and then they ripped it off I think like months later. I found a torrent of it, but it's kind of hard to get your hands on it, but like if you want a good fucking laugh, you want to see like a horror film like absolutely like drop the ball. It's it's really good for that at least. I think I'm just going to upload clips to Twitter cuz it's so worth it. That seems like something that would be fun to watch with uh, Kino Spooky. <laughs> maybe oh yeah let's see what he has to say about it yeah just the kind of like you get drunk and pick take the piss out of a movie kind of movie uh-huh actually uh me and him and a couple of other friends we're gonna watch uh, tokyo gore police which is uh Ooh. which is also another like it's 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 fantastic with how stupid it is like one of those kind of things 
with the name of Tokyo Gore Police, it's literally just yeah. Gore Fest. So yeah, at, least, at least it's at least it's owning it. It's like it's just kind of like I don't know. It's like it's, it's like schlock. so over the top yeah. and schlock. Yeah, but it, like it's owning it. That's like that's cool. I admire that. It's, I I haven't seen it since like high school. Um, but I if I remember correctly, there's like some weird disease going on, and. And then there's like this cop lady who's like a cop samurai and she yeah. kills random Japanese people with, you know, with the highest of blood pressures to where it's like a fucking fire hose coming out. <laughs> yeah. um, and then at one point, this girl gets her lower half cut and then she turns into this giant teeth vagina monster. <laughs> men. So, yeah, I think I've seen that clip. It's, of, it's the, posted, of the teeth vagina monster. It was posted over 4chan on the internet back in the day, but it's oh, it's yeah, a, it's, it's it. fun with how stupid it is. Yeah, but you a, know, it, like I, I I do like schlock from time to time. Not everything has to be like a perfect 10 out of 10 movie. But I will say the best yeah. horror movie I've seen, it's probably one of the best movies I've ever seen recently. I watched it. It was The the Witch or The Witch. Oh, yeah. No, I love that. Edgar Wright. Or it, no, no, sorry. Not, uh, uh, Eggers, Robert Eggers there. <laughs> Same guy who made the lighthouse, which is like his his. Oh, you were talking about atmosphere. I think he's like, he's like the a king. god with it. Yeah, he's a king of nope. atmosphere. And I really, really appreciate his uh, attention to detail when it comes to historical accuracy and stuff because, like, um, he really like, but he cares. I think the most about making you feel like you're there, mm -hmm. and he does that in spades. Yeah, like with the the. the Sorry. Well, like the lighthouse, especially, yeah, like, but even the Puritan era America yeah, the dialect, like it was so thick, I had to like turn on the subtitles so I could understand what they were saying. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember people getting pissed in the theater when watching that. <laughs> they were they were mad, like because like they saw newest horror film and they brought like their girlfriend there and they're all speaking like yieldy English. And they're like, and like, I can't repeat what this guy said, but he's like, it's like, yo, what's this guy saying? And like throwing his popcorn at the fucking screen and shit. What a Neanderthal. <laughs> no, actually, the, I, there's been a few movies that I've gone to where somebody wandered in and they wanted to see what was like they, their idea of like horror films is like the Conjuring universe. Oh, and, so normies. Yes. And they bring their girlfriend because they, they're kind of just there to like, yeah, and um, make out, yeah, <laughs> probably, yeah, and and um, that happened three times, and it was when I saw it comes at night. People were booing at the end of the movie because they're like, "Yo, it never came at night." <laughs> what came at night? Like it's like they were mad that there wasn't like it wasn't a zombie apocalypse movie, uh, which and uh hereditary the really? second time i saw hereditary people were like the movie ended and then like the first time i saw hereditary there was like fucking six of us in that theater and we we're all so hyped like the movie ended and i turned to like somebody sitting like six rows back i was like you see that shit and they're like yeah that was fucking crazy and we like both loved it and then the second time i saw it in theater it was a little bit more crowded and then like some guy was like laughing during the entire like uh ending sequence mm -hmm. and it's like and i get it like e even the director says himself he's like yeah like like this might seem silly to some people like what happens but like yeah some people were just not having it like yeah. not at all 
This is why I avoid movie theaters. Or yeah. if I do want to go to a movie theater, I'm just like, oh, the nostalgia aspect of it. I haven't gone to a movie theater in two years since the pandemic happened. And yeah. I'm just like, oh, nothing but crap is showing. Why even go? You mean that you're not going to get a nice, big, tall bucket of popcorn and a large drink and sit down to watch your favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, Spooky? Mm, I can't no. wait for Eternals. <laughs> It's oh, going to be so good. Eternals is going to be a paradigm shifting movie, just not in the way that they're hoping. Is it like they reset? Are they doing something like the Marvel comics where they reset every so often so people can come in and watch? Probably going to do that. I, mean, I, I think I, they're going to do that, but I don't think Eternals will be that movie. Eternals is essentially the the one of the gravest sins in all of, of cinema. And that's they're doing a prequel movie to explain where these characters came from in doing so in a universe that's like 40 movies in already <laughs> so yeah oh and oh, it has the added benefit lame. it has the added benefit of being the super multicultural diversity squad yeah and that that's... is one of the selling points of the movie how how diverse the cast is are the Chinese going to like it? Because that's the only thing that's going to determine it's a hit or not. That's how fucking stupid these movies are. If the Chinese yeah. like it, then it's golden. If they don't, then it's trash. It uh, remains to be seen how China will respond. I mean, is they, do they have a black bit character in the main cast? That, that person I sure isn't so. going to be on the poster. <laughs> in China, I mean, at least. He's going to be the most minimized fucking one on the poster. Mm -hmm. Fucking hell! Mm -hmm. That—that's another thing. Is like, aren't they aliens? I like that. Like, they're they, but they still got the diversity of an after-school special. <laughs> <laughs> all, all these aliens were like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, who got dibs on white? Just, <laughs> like, what? What an asshole! I wonder why he picked them. Uh, <laughs> my god yeah i mean like uh I've, i I will say like aliens at the movies and even games are usually like the most bastardized like monster thing that's ever been made because it's like people make aliens half the time to want to fuck them and yeah. they don't make them like something scary and like you can't like even imagine that's why like uh hp lovecraft and actual alien movies that's what they get right is their actual yeah. alien design and yeah you know then you have like mass effect that just like we're gonna make them blue and she's gonna have a blue pussy you're gonna fuck yeah. that blue pussy it's gonna <laughs> be to the fucking ship. great we'll bang okay <laughs> we'll bang yeah okay. it's <laughs> i don't know a lot of alien designs are just they're just lame a little lame. Like the, even even the ship's AI ended up being like this absolute like buxom babe or something like that. Like the body it chose was like this like double stacked. <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's so strange. It's like I love it though. <laughs> like it's like it's like somebody took. They're like, oh, I'm gonna make my own sci-fi universe. And it's gonna be like the best of Star Wars and like uh, Star Wars extended universe shit. Star Trek blatantly. But it's just gonna be like the horny meter is just gonna be dialed up to eleven. Like you can basically fuck like every character. Mm -hmm. My name is Commander Shepard, and I'm gonna suck and fuck my way across the galaxy. 
<laughs> God. Me and Gator, we just watch anime and play video games in our spaceship that we're on right now. I don't know if we'll have the drawings and we're trying to we're trying to actually make the spaceship happen. <laughs> yeah, we've been talking about this since like episode one that we want to have like this cool overlay with, of like us on a spaceship and you know to oh, kind awesome. of like riff on all of our favorite animes from back in the day and, and Megas XLR and, and Gundam and yeah captain harlock battleship mm -hmm. yamato all, all that fun stuff eventually we'll get there i actually have the, the very terrible sketches sitting on my desk over here that i drew i'm gonna send it to a uh to one of our uh one of our like friends friends who does like art and stuff to get that drawn up yeah. so that'll be fun when all that's done yeah then we'll have lore on the <laughs> anime boomers podcast right well, <laughs> fucking lore, yeah. Because <laughs> we're autistic, remember? All I'd right. say big dick, big dick movies. You just steal Angry Joe's ship design in interior. You just take it. <laughs> just <laughs> do you literally just copy paste it. And be like, yeah, this is our new ship. What just do you draw, think? Guys? Just draw over Angry Joe in like MS Paint. And that's, that's the background. Don't even do and that. You... Just put a giant scribble. <laughs> and it still shows him, just, but just enough. Yeah, and in the background is an Easter egg. There's just a shrunken dwarfin version of like Angry Joe, who's just like a squished like JPEG of him. And then you and put like in the you put like the nostalgia critic creepy pasta that I drew on Oni plays. <laughs> <laughs> this is a cool ship. This is a cool ship. <laughs> He's always watching. And always waiting to review movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Is there anything yeah. else we need to talk about? Because we're going to keep this relatively short because we know Mark is a busy, busy boy. Yeah, um, I will have to go in the next, like, a couple, uh, I'd say, like, 10, 15, or sorry, 15, 20 minutes or so. Um, we, what about favorite horror games? Ooh, hmm. favorite horror games. This was a topic I wanted to talk about because uh, we really didn't get to go into the PewDiePie stuff that much yeah but you know i really got into let's play um because of pewdiepie and watching his watching his uh <laughs> it's hilarious like just this swedish guy screaming for his life playing playing uh amnesia and one of the things that he did as well was he played a lot of like horror rpg maker games yes some we of were those, gonna yeah. talk about that any yes. horror like rpg maker yeah. games yes and like you I, wouldn't think when you think about like RPG Maker, you like you wouldn't really think it's like oh, this this is going to be the medium that can tell like some really scary, really creepy stories. But like he played this game, um, Mad Father, and that game was genuinely yeah. like really, really creepy. Yeah, it's got a really fucked up premise. It's good though. Or like no. I I know I just there's something about like indie game developers because a lot of this like is um developed from what's that game called mother what's it called mother yes yes mother so a lot of the inspiration the, the 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 inspiration that came out from that game is just like it's huge like because it created this kind of weird rpg imagination that people didn't really think that would could be a thing but then it opened up this world of storytelling i mean obviously undertale is inspired by it but mm -hmm. but all this like different kinds of storytelling with indie horror is so fucking good also like when doki doki literature club became a thing it blew my mind because i was like they're doing something super unique i've never seen before it got me excited 
And that's the thing with these RPG Maker games. Like, as, as kind of crappy as they kind of look sometimes play, it's just like you get really invested in the story. And also a thing with these kind of RPG games is because they're a little bit low, lower quality. You kind of put the imagination with your brain. So a lot of your brain does the imagination of what these characters look like and how they interact while this text yeah. is scrolling by. It fills in the gaps. Like mm -hmm. uh, Yume Nikki. We were talking about that the yeah. other day. Fucking love yeah. Yume Nikki. Yume Nikki is just like, again, one of those like perfect like kind of horror games, but it's not really horror, too. It's just like kind of unsettling. And like the way that it's trying to tell, like it, because Yume Nikki, the whole point of it is just supposed to like kind of describe depression, like anxiety, going through a psychosis because it's about a woman who refuses to leave her, her room. And so you go kind of like this fantasy realm that tells you the story of, I believe her name is actually Nikki. Um, I think that's the actual character's name, right? It's Yume Nikki. It's um, Madotsuki. It's Madotsuki. Yeah. Matsuki, yes, yes, sorry. <laughs> it's been a minute. But you get to like learn her character through just the imagery alone. And like the story has to tell. And you fill in the pieces. And it's just um, it's oh, it's 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 a it's a piece of art. It's not even like a video yeah. game. It's a piece of fucking art. It's and you great. can really see the inspiration for things like Undertale that come directly from it. Yeah. That's it's um I think there's really something to say about like the fact that you can like despite the medium that you can transform something like that's RPG maker into something that's like really genuinely terrifying because if a book can do it, why can't you do it with a visual novel as well? And like you have some added benefit there too with the visuals, but I think you're right with the sense that it's like, it's so stripped down in a lot of places that, it gives your brain the ability to fill in the gaps mm -hmm. and make it terrifying for yourself. And I, I have, I've only ran into like one or two kind of games that are that sort of like play style that I actually found terrifying, but I need to play more of them. I haven't played enough because I think the first one I played gave me such a bad taste in my mouth i think the the game was called claire although that's like oh, a yeah. side scroller yeah <laughs> um yeah it, I, I i didn't like it and then i i think i played um oh what was that f that first one it's like the giant fucking blue or the purple guys oh, yeah. <laughs> Al-Oni. yeah Al -Oni. i was yeah. gonna, i was gonna bring Al -Oni. It although although like i liked it i actually really liked it like it's not amazing but it's like it, like it's decent um and i, I can see how it kind of like really started something well what i what i love about al oni is that it completely throws a lot of your typical expectations in an rpg out the window yeah. like for instance there's yeah. a, there's a there's a part of the game where if you go into your menu and you leave your menu it'll be right there and scares the crap out of you and you lose and it's just like there's like different situations where if you do traditional things that you would normally in an RPG, you just lose. Yeah. And you can't trust like other and, characters. It's or 
like uh, another thing with like the visual novel aspect of it. I know like Mind and Gator is some of our favorite, you know, games technically, but also anime is Higurashi no Naku Korani, and then Umi Neko no Naku Korani, which are like they're um, whodunit novels essentially. Yeah. They're murder, murder mysteries mystery mixed with psychological horror. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then you have like uh, like Doki Doki, who kind of takes that, but like amps that up even to like a next level too, where it's like she actually has like she can look through your computer and actually talk to you like you're there. And then there's hints of what's happening, what their, what is their name? The uh, people making it, Project something. Gosh. Oh yeah, I forgot the name. Oh man, it's is that named after the guy creating it? But it, there's a whole other story that they're trying to tell with this and it's about reality bending shape shifting i'm I, I think that uh that guy who does like uh who's the guy who does like the friday night that Fr- Fr- freddy fingered oh uh, Fr- Fr- freddy frazbear the fucking no, um, i'm talking about the guy who does like the the nerd science thing and he's got a really oh. annoying whiny voice <laughs> Oh god. He measures Luigi's uh, penis from time to time. <laughs> oh, game theory. Matt Pat. Matt Pat. Oh yeah. yeah. Matt Pat has yeah. a few videos explaining it too. <laughs> Which I mean there are good videos, but like I just Matt Pat is such a ridiculous person. He's an exceptional, but... exceptional individual. <laughs> yeah. he, he's uh I, th- I think the man is like like an actual fucking sociopath or some shit. <laughs> Uh, what was that? He 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 did like immediately. Like it was it was fucking like year twenty twenty the the month of like March, and he did a fucking video called yeah, "Who Would Survive which, Coronavirus?" Which, yeah, which video game character would survive coronavirus? <laughs> it's like Matt. There's there's people dying, <laughs> and he's just like, I think it's Mario because of his mustache. It would filter out a lot of the virus. <laughs> It's just like you're a mental gaze. Like stop. So he has to stop this fucking mad bastard. I found out he has like something like six alt accounts that are all theory based. And there was like food theory. And I found food theory and I literally almost fucking threw my monitor. I was so mad. <laughs> like Are McDonald's like, cheeseburgers really made out of people? Do 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 yeah fuck it man that that fucking scramble brain fucking lunatic it's like um when the coney 2012 shit happened and like the guy who started it was found stark naked on hollywood boulevard screaming about iphones and like punching the cement and shit i feel like that's gonna be matt pat in like two years from now he's just gonna be found wandering the streets naked and like screaming about luigi My favorite, my favorite MatPat story, though, is speaking of Undertale's when he gave Pope a copy of Undertale. <laughs> How do you, he's like gave him a flash drive. He probably doesn't even have a fucking PC. He's like, okay. <laughs> this barely alive <laughs> old man trying to teach the word of Jesus Christ. And he's just like, here, take this Undertale. It's don't look up Undertale. You might come across like thousands of furry porn images, but you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh. Uh. I can't believe he handed the Pope a flash drive with Undertale on it. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing but Undertale and a JPEG of Sans (laughs) handing him weed. (laughs) And that was all that was on the thumb drive. (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. He's mental. Uh, Like, I've never seen a human being not be able to read the room better. Like, (laughs) yeah, his, his fucking editor. 
committed suicide and he did like an apology upload video the next day or some weird shit (laughs) yeah did you not see that it's like he did a fucking like eulogy to his friend but it got really weird about halfway through because he started talking about like he it was like he was doing damage control he was like i can't imagine that his pain had anything to do with working with me what it's like Oh, <laughs> it's like, oh dude, God. Like, why? It's like, first off, you shouldn't be making this. Like, you should have done like a twit longer and then left it. Uh, and he did a crying, like, like, like sits down in front of camera, sighs. I'm in a really dark place right now, guys. Like video. <laughs> it was like the next day after he died. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know why. Losing the battle. (laughs) Wait, what? Are you going to say your friend lost the battle like it's a goddamn video game? Yeah, he didn't get enough coins. He he got hit by Eggman, he lost all his rings, and now he's dead. Look at all those tags. I didn't give him a chili dog fast enough. Now my fr- my friend and editor is dead. Wait, wait, you gotta look at those tags too. Digressing and side questing. Game theorist announcement update. What the fuck? He put this on a video that's about like whom I assume is his E3. personal friend. <laughs> gotta get ready for that E three. Gotta get ready for the fucking like you. You have to tag everything. Like, oh, I filmed this with a, uh, a Sony A7S. I better tag that in the video where I talk about my friend committing suicide. Oh. He's an alien. He's a fucking alien. He's a reptoid. <laughs> so this is the lizard people Alex Jones told me about. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! No, he's 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 not even real. He's a simulation. I don't. <laughs> That's the that's like twelfth layer of the game theory that MatPat doesn't actually exist. He's a figment of our imaginations, projected from the twelfth dimension. This is actual. This is real horror. We want to talk about scary stuff this whole time. The fact that MatPat is just a lizard person that doesn't have any real emotions, working his editor to death, is the real scary situation. But hey, that's just a theory, a game theory. Oh my god, imagine if there's like a creepypasta, it's like his editor's working, he's like, you know, I've never actually seen MatPat's face, now that I think about it, and he goes to the office room, and there's like no security that day, and he walks in, and it's just a big towering PC, and it's like, you shouldn't be here in his voice, and it's like, and then he got off, he got like Hillary clinton and like, and then he's talking about, it's like, my editor lost the battle, guys, and like, <laughs> everything we ever see of him is just a digital fucking like, fucking print. <laughs> He's, def- like, he's either just like connected to the computer like he's like this weird like it, like can't describe figure that's melted together with the fucking computer or if he's like mr Wells from fallout new vegas like he is the computer it's a fucking brain in a jar or some shit yeah. there. <laughs> he, he's, he's like i i, I silence my um uh, empathy inhibitors so that i can become a better youtuber it's like, <laughs> he uploads like 50 different theory videos on all five of his channels oh i have to make an apology video for my uh, dead editor <laughs> fucking christ <laughs> mental case I-, I gave the pope a, a flash drive with undertale on it <laughs>
<laughs> fucking lunatic <laughs> that is you know what that i think that, i think that is honestly at the end of the day the scariest thing is matt pat do not let him into your house do not let him into your heart vampire <laughs> yeah he's he, he's a digital vampire <laughs> he's like ben drowned and a vampire all mixed into one don't let him don't <laughs> if you invite him in then he just lives he lives inside you now oh the only thing scarier than uh, the actual Five Nights at Freddy's uh, lore is the fact that this man is so fucking obsessed with it. I, I know what the funniest thing, too, is like the creator, Scott, I forget his name. Scott um, Yeah, he he kept saying that he's like, you're wrong about the lore. He just kept telling him, he's like, no, no, that's incorrect. You didn't get it right. And he just kept going. And it's like, and he, oh, like he did, uh, he covered Salad Fingers, David Firth. Um, and he tried to cover the lore of Salad Fingers, and David Firth was like, "No, dude, you're, you're straight up wrong. That's not what the like. That's not the secret hidden meaning." But he just like keeps going. He just ignores and deflects all like criticism. He just runs with bullshit. He just his videos literally are just spewing bullshit for like for stupid toddlers on, on fucking yeah. like. Here's the thing: if I was a twelve year old, I'd be like, "Oh, Matt Pat's my favorite. He's so cool." But you know, yeah. as a not that as a grown ass woman, I I think that he's just a clout chasing retard that yeah. is a basically like he does nothing but work. Like he just does nothing but work and tries to like make videos for stupid babies that can't think for themselves and yeah and uh, it just does stupid shit like Luigi's penis actual size. You know I mean? <laughs> oh my god. Um. We're going to actually mathematically measure uh, Samus's breast. Like, fucking <laughs> stop. Uh, he, he's a he's a theater kid dropout. Like, no wonder he's just like... Wait, what, really? Yeah, he is. Uh, um, his, no, no wonder his so videos are just sense. nothing but, like, attention-seeking. <laughs> Sorry, Matt, that, but it's true. That is, that I hope he doesn't... I hope so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he doesn't see this and calls me out like Dunk did. Wait, Dunky called you out? <laughs> yeah, he did. That's amazing. Dunky put me in his best. Yeah, Dunky put me in his best of a uh, 2019 video because I called his like Death Stranding review shit for like 40 minutes. I like broke it down like scene by scene. I was like, this is like factually wrong. I like I don't think Dunky knows how to play this video game. It's like it's really bad. And he like put my face in his video three times and his audience like harassed me for a year there, straight. I the only time I think <laughs> I've ever gotten like fucking so frustrated with YouTube comments beyond belief was dealing with video game Dunky's videos or video um, audience because they're so yeah. fucking retarded. Like they they're are. incredibly retarded. Like they're like cuz like it was it was me um, Necro and Dimitri Monroe were just like reviewing his, um, what was it? That fucking, uh, what was that game with, uh, looks like Ellen Page as the main character, has zombie characters, and she's like a stinky lesbian, and they kill oh, off. Oh, fuck. Uh, it's on the tip of my I, tongue. <laughs> me too. I know. It's like I fucking know it. Vader, what oh, is it? <laughs> Last of Us 2, right? Yes, Last of Us 2. Last of Us 2. <laughs> yes. And so Donkey was like, everyone's stupid but me. This game is not that bad, actually. And then we broke yeah, down. If you his don't review. like this game, you're an idiot, essentially, is what he said. Yeah. Well, he's just a smug asshole and he's not really funny. Um, so there's there's that. And he and because he's got this really like quick videos and he's smug and he just has enough editing to where 
um, brainless retards can watch it for like a couple minutes and feel smarter and better than everyone else. He has like the worst accumulated audience of all time. And yeah. uh, because we were talking about, you know, why Donkey was wrong, the, the most that these retards could come up with is like, oh my God, how could you talk about this 12 minute video for like an hour? That's so stupid. How can you stretch <laughs> that out? It's like, that's yeah, it's how like fucking maybe... discussions work, you fucking idiots. I, I, like, I, yeah, I literally ask people, it's like, should my video be shorter than his? Like, I don't understand. How's that even f physically fucking possible? It's like, there's so much shit to sift through and talk about that it is longer. Yeah, it's way longer than like his video. Yeah. This is oh, one of no. my favorite things that happened. Yeah. Was <laughs> the, the this tweet <laughs> manifesting Sora and Smash primarily because it might just make video game Donkey so mad he immediately dies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's um it's it's yeah. He'll, he like, he he he's blatantly said that he hates like RPGs and then he reviews them. It's like Yeah. and he has the most like this was boring like takes it like his 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 analysis of it is like this is boring and dumb and i didn't like it it's like thumbs up great it, like it's not for you it really you even <laughs> said that yourself it's like clearly yeah. so why why review it it's just like if you find the video game mechanics grindy and boring that's fine but then you're going to be like, this is the main point of contention why this game's bad. And it's like, why? that's like playing like a DDR game and be like, you know, I have to press the buttons up and down, left and right, over and over again. That's boring. And it's like, that's the game mechanics. That's the whole point of the fucking game, you fucking It's idiot. called Dance not Dance Revolution, fart. not sit on your ass and <laughs> look at the screen revolution. <laughs> sit on your ass and fart. Yeah, listen to games. Oh, God, <laughs> bug dancing mechanics. Oh, God. <laughs> It's uh, it's, like, I, uh, I, IG, it's IGN tier. It's IGN tier. The thing that it's made like, me the thing that made me like finally like hit the unsubscribe button of video game donkey was I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it's one of his newer videos where all he does he doesn't have any commentary over it, but he takes other game reviewers and they and they compare one game to another and they're like, This game reminds me of this game. And they're like, yeah. and they're like, well, this game also reminds me of this game. Just to like be, I guess, like a point of contention when people compare two games together into one game that makes him a really weak, stupid reviewer. I don't know what his point was, but it came off as like arrogant and stupid. Like it's like yeah. motherfucker. People do that all the time, where they like they take inspiration from one thing and combine it with another. You're not fucking like a high IQ individual just because you pointed it out with a video game reviewer to it. Stupid fat yeah. retard. Fuck him. Fuck Video Game Donkey. Such a fucking yeah, I, smug asshole. I really used to like him too, and it's like, it's I was so uh... smug. Like, smugness is honestly the ugliest characteristic that people can ever, like, present themselves, especially on the internet. And it's, ugh. And it, because he takes himself as like, oh, I'm a comedian, guys. You can't take what I say seriously. And if you get mad, you're stupid for it, because I'm a comedian yeah, that... now. That constant defense of like his audience will just constantly go. It's like, no, no, you don't get it. It was a joke. It was satire. That that's what they said about his like Death Stranding review. They're like, Mark, you're an idiot. You missed it. That was satire. I'm like, so what is he satirizing? They're like, it, it's a joke. I'm like, no, 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 no. You said it was satire. And even if it's a joke, like, what is he satirizing? Like bad the game joke, reviews, motherfucker. There is none. Yeah, like it's like like and he put it under his like serious game reviews like playlist. And he doesn't seem to be like taking the piss. He seems like he's genuinely frustrated with the game. But if you like, 
you look at his gameplay, he's just like ignoring the tutorial. It's it's Cuphead. It's like the Cuphead like tutorial <laughs> piece. You know what? Where the guy's not reading the screen and he like fucks up and goes, "Oh my god, this game's horrible." You know what? I heard someone compare Video Game Donkey to Game Journals now because that's how much he's deteriorated with his content. I can, you know what? I believe it. I believe it. He's like because he's so clouched, like hungry to get out videos, and he has to play so many video games. Just skip the tutorial and forget about the game mechanics and just pitch a bitch yeah. for about 10 minutes, if not lesser. And that's a that's a video game donkey review. It makes me want to do this less and less. <laughs> like, uh, actually, like, um, yeah, I, I, I hate that. That's where it went. I actually had no idea he was ever going to respond to me because I'm like so small and like. It was just, I think we watched his video live on my Twitch, and then I just ranted for about like an hour, trimmed it down to about like 40 or 50 minutes or something. And then like people were like, oh, you should upload it. Like that would actually make for a pretty like funny video. And I did. And then it was just like a week later, like Dunkey himself is like, like, jumping on me and shit and i'm like oh wow oh no i mean <laughs> like, that just tells shit. you how insecure he actually is i mean like he just yeah, he's but... an insecure person that acts really smug for the to shadow his insecurity and that's just that's most smug people it's just they're insecure people i think he knows his content isn't that good like people on reddit probably fucking love it but the actual like quality of his content isn't very good he's not good at video games and he he's pretty lazy i, I think you should stick to the comedy stuff even if like it's not for he, everybody that's his strong suit that's really a strong suit yeah. but the rev, like the serious sit down review stuff is isn't it's not quite there i don't yeah. i don't review shit because i don't think i'm like i don't think i'm good enough really like uh i, I have opinions and stuff but i would never say like here's a concrete like the most I ever review is like I'll watch a movie and then I put like the poster and the final score on Twitter and that's it. I don't even elaborate. Mm -hmm. It's like that's that's what I th the semblance of what I thought of this movie and I just leave it at that. Mm -hmm. I mean, most of what I do when I like talk about uh, like reviewing or whatever is I just talk about what I like or what I didn't like. Yeah. And usually I do that on Twitter because it's like, could I really make like a ten minute video just talking about what I liked about this and what I didn't like about this? Probably not. And well, at least yeah. now I have a podcast where I can, you know, take like a little five minute segment and be like, you know, this is why I like Vivi Florite's Eyes song, which is a recurring theme because it was like one of the best visually just stunning animes of the previous season. I, yeah. I brought it up in just about every episode thus far. That's how much of an impact it had. Not horror, though. Oh, shit. We, I guess technically, maybe we should we should end on another spooky thing right before I go. Um Think of think of something spooky. I'm uh spiders are icky. I hate the way they sound when they crunch. <laughs> God, I hate them. Genocide <laughs> them. I just get rid of them. Breed them out of existence. Uh mosquitoes uh, <laughs> are worse in my opinion. Those are actual hell yeah. spawns. Oh, and also wasps. Fuck them. Ugh. That's a thing that I've seen in horror manga that kind of tie it back is um some weird obsession with like bug and bug people i've noticed uh like i i think i i think i read like a horror manga and i can't remember the goddamn name but there was like 
somebody turns into like a human fucking wasp or some shit and it was fucking horrifying but like it wasn't like you know it wasn't like there it, it wasn't like a really big wasp i mean like <laughs> the top of their they're wearing a funny hat and like said that they got some sort of head injury and then when it was revealed when like the hat came off there was like a giant kind of pulsating like wasp stinger under his like for a head and like it extended out and like plugged itself into other people's like heads and shit and it was just like so like fucking disgusting and unnerving and like everything about it i hated it but like i've noticed like japan loves that sort of like bug fusion there's like yeah junji ito he did slug girl which is a really good manga shit like that well like uh again i always bring about the hp lovecraft because he's just like the best horror writer ever um there's something about like bugs he was good at naming cats too yeah 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 (laughs) junji ito draws up pretty neat looking cats too even when they're like their whole like that's another thing that's really like nice about um junji ito is like he does wholesome manga too like yeah he does was about like loving your cat and like a nice family wholesome. Co- it's still like his creepy <laughs> style, so it doesn't it doesn't feel wholesome, but it's still yeah. like it's wholesome. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. But there's something no, about body ma- horror. I don't I don't really care for it, but like it's just it's really prevalent because it is so like disgusting and like weird and creepy. Yeah, I think. Um especially Junji Ito, he sort of scratches that itch, like, especially. Like, he just, he's got his finger on the pulse for what's really unsettling and what's really unnerving. And I don't know where, like, how how can a person, like, sort of develop that? And, like, how can they learn that? I think, like, the closest thing he had to, like, apparently he started out as a, a surgeon. He was, like, studying to become, like, a surgeon doctor, and he did dissections and he did even dissections on like human cadavers and stuff. And he ended up dropping out and then becoming like a, a mangaka artist. I think that's how it's pronounced. And um, that's, that's, I don't know. That's like, that's fucking crazy. And that's also why like the anatomy is so like weirdly accurate in his, in his, uh, in his, his manga and stuff and i've seen there's actually there's a really good short film segment of him it's like a day in the life of him and it's just him drawing for a comic and he goes through all these references and he has like um he has a literal like human anatomy book next to him the references but it's like every organ every bone in the body like pulled out and he's referencing that and then drawing it and it's like one of his earliest works was Dissection Girl. And it really shows that he's just kind of writing from what he knows and stuff. And like that, that whole, that manga is really fucked up. It's just about this girl who like is obsessed with being cut open and she like pretends to be dead and then puts herself on a slab so that like unsuspecting up and coming doctors will like cut her open without knowing that she's still alive. It's just, it's just like absolutely fucked, but you can see him like the early days, like drawing from what he knows and then he like expanded and then he got into like fucking weird lovecraft shit mm-hmm. the enigma of amigara fault which is you know known oh, by all shit. of the memes this hole was made for me and dur, dur, dur. <laughs> fucking hell it's so good i think that might have been like the first 
thing that I read by him. It was definitely the first I read. Yeah. It fucked me up. Holy shit. Just that last panel where you see the thing coming out. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I know. It's, it's nightmare fuel. He He's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love the meme on Twitter of like Junji Ito's art and it's just like like horrid depression and stuff and it's like junji ito he's just like this, this happy guy, guy who's <laughs> he's fucking dabbing and naying and shit and he's like looking like looking up cat videos and smiling and then there's hayao miyazaki who's just like, it's like this, you know these beautiful like happy little films and hayao miyazaki was just like the human race was a fucking mistake <laughs> <laughs> every day you know, i wake this- up makes me sad <laughs> Oh god! Same thing that goes with the uh, people with the Hello Kitty profile pics are fucking monsters. Every single one of them. Yeah, that's how you right. know that they're that's... a sociopath. Is the Hello Kitty just staring at you? <laughs> More specifically, the the Melody, um, My Melody, and Kurumi. I think that's her name. Like the one that looks like My yeah. Melody, but with like the black cape, like the black and pink characters. That's how you know they're mm. actual fucking BPD whore fucking bitches. <laughs> 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 Cut your fucking dick off. Yeah. And, and fucking eat it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, we all haven't right. mentioned Death Note like at all this entire time. Oh, I'm a little true. surprised. That's that Death Note is we watched the terrible Netflix version for like bonus content mm. and it was it, it, it killed our soul. It made us laugh a lot, but it killed our souls a little bit. More specifically, like the last third was just like them falling off a, a Ferris wheel was just with like oh. 80s like uh what was it called? Like melody music of like it's it's yeah. <laughs> it it was it was we felt like the director wanted to make his like eighties movie, eighties horror yeah. weird sex comedy teen tom comedy thing but he never got around to it so or even like a detective movie but he just used death note as his medium to do that it's why there was so much 80s music i i'm not a fan of that director um it's pretty uh trash forget- <laughs> from what have you seen yeah i yeah i for- i'm forgetting his name right off the top of my head maybe i'll look it up it's but he did the blair witch remake or sequel thing uh the recent one from like 2017 or whatever um he adam wingard that's it yeah yeah adam wingard is not good and if actually to tie it back one of his he actually directed one of the tapes for vhs it didn't make the cut from my my re-edit it's it's bad it's like the it's actually it's a really it's so bad it's funny premise where because again they have to come up with the excuse it's found footage somehow and this is a guy gets an experimental um robo eye put in his head and you're seeing everything you're seeing is a recording but um he said because of his robot eye he can now see dead people and they're coming Ooh. for him and then it's like it, it's like it's like that that really could be scary but then all of a sudden this random like goth chick shows up at his house and has sex with him and she's like yeah i have the same thing as you but i can hear the ghosts and she dies immediately and they she was just there to show titties and shove them in this like the camera's like lens i'm not even fucking kidding and then it just <laughs> ends with him dying because the ghosts get too close to him and he freaks out and like shoots himself in the face and 
the guy's played by Adam Wingard. Like the the first person view character is Adam Wingard himself. It, it's like, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> oh man, uh, you did it. Death Note, the Blair Witch Project sequel. Uh, he did, he what, did whatever that monkey versus lizard movie. Oh yeah, Godzilla versus Kong. Yes. Yeah, he did. Oh, didn't he? Oh fuck. Yeah. I have oh, not boy. seen that. How is that though? I haven't seen it. I'm a huge Godzilla fan, but it's the, that's the one that I just haven't seen and I haven't rushed to see either. Maybe it's because his name was attached. I think I knew, but <laughs> you looked at you saw the name, you're just like, oh. Yeah, no, I think as soon as I found out Adam Wingard was directing, I, I actually stayed away from the theaters. <laughs> I, I hate to say it. Like, I'm sure he's a nice person. It's just he's not a good director. Fucking soy boy light yagami. <laughs> good job good choice we, we <laughs> who like gets saying, outsmarted by the girl we were saying how the the guy the naked brothers band the actual naked brother should be um, a voice actor because his screams are really good <laughs> and you know it's like an over like for like cartoons and stuff and it's like look if you're a yeah. naked brothers band former character actor and you do like animated stuff people in cons would love you like, people would love that shit, especially if you did, like, the crappy Netflix or uh, Death Note. People would love that shit. So he could become yeah. a fucking animated voice actor and you get, like, some clout <laughs> from that. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> um, I think that's my time. I think yep. I got to cut out. It's I, perfect I, because I got many it's important... right at two hours. Yes, absolutely. We did it. Everybody clap. Yay. We, congratulations. We, we did it. <laughs> we didn't have a four-hour monstrosity like we did last year. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> We, thank you mark mark marquisian yeah of of the Ugh. after darkness for coming on and enjoying some spooky ween with us uh because i i don't know yes. i really like halloween it's my favorite holiday um, if you couldn't tell by your name spooky weave trash yeah yeah i do like christmas but uh, <laughs> it's uh, a halloween has a special place in my little dark goth heart so yeah, I'm I'm team Halloween. Um it's uh it's my favorite time of year. I'm dressing up as Torgo for the uh, from uh Manos the Hands of Fate. Manos the Hands of Fate. <laughs> I'm uh I'm dressing up as uh me being carried by Pepe. <laughs> that's, cool. that's really good. It's, what it's... are you dressing up as Gator? Uh, I actually haven't decided on my costume yet. I mean, I've, I've I've got a couple ideas rolling around in my rolling yeah. around in that brain of mine. That mm. small frail lizard brain of yours. Small frail lizard brain. Like <laughs> <laughs> eyeball. So, somewhere in the recess. <laughs> but yeah, thank uh, thank you for coming on and uh, happy Halloween. If this gets out in time, yeah. happy Halloween. <laughs> yeah, you should because I'm gonna happy edit Halloween, crap out. everybody. <laughs> Yay! Happy, Happy Halloween, Halloween, everybody. everybody. Uh, have a have a good one, and definitely eat the apples that look like they have razor blades. I'm Mark English. When you turn out the lights, I'll be in the darker your corner of your room. I'll be there, always watching. Okay, Santa. <laughs> Mark is just Santa. <laughs> I'm just I'm just skinny Santa. Yeah, yeah. With your pants down to your ankles. <laughs> No, filming no. with a virtual oh, recorder. That's my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! All right. Good night, everybody. Jesus. See okay. you in the next episode. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs>